Before we get into today's episode, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know by now, we're here to tell you that hockey has returned to ESPN. The NHL season has started back up, and that means you can stream your team's games on ESPN+. Plus, From the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning to the brand new Seattle Kraken. Subscribe to ESPN Plus so you don't miss a goal. In the Crease is presented by ADT. Brilliantly safe. In the Crease, the ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. Welcome in the Crease. Latest edition. Linda Cohn here, Emily Kaplan there. Glad you're listening. Emily, how do you want to lead us off? So many things I want to say, Linda. I feel like I haven't talked to you in years. It's probably been a week, but this is long for us. We talk all the time. That's true. I don't know what's going on. It's it's nothing personal. Uh, We just go about our business. I tell you something. I am so locked into Ted Lasso. Can I just go off on a tangent right now? How many more episodes do you have? Or how slow playing are you? I'm telling you, I once I get involved and uh, totally entrenched in a show, which I am with Ted Lasso, I'm almost done with the second season. And uh, that's pretty good. Are you, you rationing how, yourself like one episode a day, one every other day? Yeah, I, I, I don't know the count, but I know this. The second season is better than the first. Great. I'm really getting... So it's just the the writing and the greatness of Jason Sudeikis and all of the above. And, you know, you know how we have plans of getting a place in Montreal? Well, I think London would be another place that would be perfect because it is just, you know, I just love it there. It's awesome. Don't get me started. All right, back to hockey. Last week, my story on Jack Hughes finally came out. We had filmed yes. it about weeks ago. We were waiting for the right time. Production took a bit. And so floored by the response by so many people, specifically John Tortorella, after he watched it on the show, we were shook by his response because we know Torts, he's like the get off my lawn, grumpy old guy. But the thing about him that surprises is that he's always evolving. Um, And actually Mike Sullivan told us this before the Penguins game, me and Bucci and Ray were working the game. We're talking about him. We're asking him about Torts. He's like, you know, he just never is caught up in the moment. He's always evolving. And when he talked about Jack Hughes, he said, I love how authentic that kid was. And he came across as confident, but he's just a kid. And I like some of the things he said and the confidence he had to say them. And I really do feel like we're at this inflection point in the NHL where this new generation is coming in and they're taking the reins and they're like saying, you know what? It's fine to be myself and it's fine to stand out. And as long as their peers support them and Jack's on a team that's very young, the elder statesman is PK Subban who puts himself out there. He's in a good environment to really be himself and flourish. Um, This is only going to grow the sport. So I had so much fun doing that piece for the boys. Um, Learned a lot of slang. Talked about PJs a lot. They love their private jets. Used a sewer. I thought those PJs were pajamas. Yeah. Well, if you're a hockey guy, it's a a (laughs) private jet. You can wear your PJs on the PJ. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, And sewer is my other favorite. Like he just sewered him. I'm going to totally adopt that into my language after hanging out with the boys. Very cool. And for anyone who wants to see that, it is on YouTube. It was a great job by you, Emily. Goes without saying, uh, rave reviews on the Jack Hughes. I can't wait to hear what else, what's next uh, that you're working on. You know, it's interesting. On uh, Thursday night, uh, I was back in Bristol, loved being back, saw the new studio as advertised. Do what you think. It was fabulous. It was great. Uh, the cafeteria, I now need an app. 
to order food, which threw me off a little bit. But sports figured out the app, though. Let me tell you that. Hey, uh, our, our guy, Arda Arkal, helped me along with the app, ordered me coffee. I appreciate it. He knew by the time I figured it out. And then uh, a few other people, our girl Camille was there and she helped me out uh, ordering stuff. But anyway, enough about me and my menu. Um, the, the, the turkey chili, which both me and Marc Messier had ordered, it was gumbo. Actually, it was gumbo on the calf menu. Very spicy. Mess and I felt it was way too spicy. He was hungrier than I. He still ate most of his. I like had two spoonfuls and I left it there. That's not what you want right before you go on live TV. Exactly. A spice and a risk too for wardrobe chili. Yes. No, true. Because I, I like to be already dressed and all that. So it was very dicey. You know what? Next time I'm going to wear a, a little napkin as a little, um, you know, whatever they bib, basically. Bib. <laughs> Thank you. Word. A napkin as a bib. Uh, anyway, uh, so it went great. And it's it was just interesting and fabulous being on the same stage as the legend, the Messiah, the goat, Mark Messier, and uh, um, just me and him on intermissions during your game. You had a blowout game. We had, and we also had the Bruins and Wild, which was great on ESPN. And I love that while we've been holding it down for ESPN plus, and that still is continuing very strong. We're now circulating as we get into the second half of our season, more and more ESPN games, which will bring more eyeballs to the screen. So looking forward to doing more of those intermissions back in Bristol in the beautiful hockey night studio. Uh, Yeah. So it was uh, a lot of fun and kind of like, and by the way, Mark Messier said, he'll come on the podcast anytime. FYI. Love it. That was your one assignment and you did the assignment. Nice. As the kids say, she understood the assignment. <laughs> um, so yeah, my game on Thursday, it wasn't a highly competitive one. It was the Pittsburgh Penguins who had had a nine game winning streak entering Sidney Crosby getting his first career Gordy Howe hat trick, galvanizing the boys, Brian Russ, Jake Gensel back, Evgeny Malkin on this come up. Like this team is good. Tristan Jari is playing well. I heard your little bit about goaltending beforehand with mess. It was great. Um, and they were playing the Flyers. The Flyers are not good right now. They were pretty much playing an AHL team. They, you know what sucks about what the Flyers are going through is that they've had guys in COVID and they'll get a couple back and then a couple more leave. And then a couple come and a couple more leave. And the way Mike Yo described it to us was it's a gong show. Um, it's almost better if all the guys get it at once. We know the type of season they're having. I gave a shout out to him on the podcast. I'm actually going to be interviewing him on Wednesday for Thursday's The Point as well as Thursday's night's game and Kevin Hayes. He's playing in Boston for the first time this season. Obviously going to be emotional for him um, with the loss of his brother, Jimmy. And, you know, something I learned in just talking to the people around Philadelphia is like Sean Couturier, who I had mentioned last episode, is going through a lot. Kevin, man, he had abdominal surgery, core muscle surgery, and he's just not recovered. And it's very clear if you watch him play. He's never the fastest guy out there, but he's laboring. But he put so much effort into getting there on the ice. And he is just a warrior because one, he knows his team needs bodies right now. And two, the structure of being around a team and playing hockey right now is so important to him in this challenging time. So I just want to give a shout out to him because these are the type of things that, you know, hockey guys don't really open up about. They don't talk about, but just hearing the amount of prep, like he's skipping practices just to get treatment. And it's almost like conserve your energy for practice. We just need it for the game. And when you're at that point, at this point in the season, we're in January, that's tough. You know, I, even when he was with the Rangers and, you know, people forget Kevin Hayes was so young when he was with the Rangers, went through a diff- couple different coaches. And it's, it's a different timetable for every player. 
to reach that maturity level, to reach that moment in time in their career when they're when they realize they're a leader. Kevin Hayes is a leader of this Flyers team. And so I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say to you. Uh, that is for sure, especially what he's been going through. It's not something, you know, uh, you know, losing Jimmy the way he did and all the family members did. Um, again, different timetable, right? To get back to air quotes normal because you're never back to normal. And so you have to do your day job or in the case of Kevin's job, night job as well, as well as staying 100% fit and able to do that. And people are counting on you. And that team is counting on Kevin Hayes to be 100% both physically and mentally to help, you know, not, we still got a lot of time left, all right? They'd, they'd have to jump, go through hoops, jump a lot of teams to get into that second wildcard berth. But, you know, we still got a lot of hockey to be played. Okay, a team I feel confident is going to make the playoffs is the Colorado Avalanche. And that was my game on Tuesday. They play the Chicago Blackhawks. Damn, they look good right now. They're starting to get everyone back. The Kale McCarr goal was ridiculous. It was unbelievable to watch it from ice level in that vantage. My favorite thing about it was how hard Kale celebrated. Talking to people in the Avalanche after, they're like, this is the most emotion or most celebration we've ever seen because I think he realized he did something really special. But the story of that team right now, to me, I know Gabe Landeskog was, I think, the first star of the week, but it's Nazem Kadri. And I had the chance to talk to Nazem the night before the game. And he told me, you know, everything that went on when I got suspended from the playoffs, I heard all of the outside noise and I all of the critics and what they had to say about me. But I felt so supported by my team, from my GM to my coach to my teammates. Everyone made me feel like this isn't your fault. You're a part of this team. We need you. They appealed on his behalf. And because of that, he felt so empowered this season and wanted to prove them right instead of proving the haters wrong. But he said, and he couldn't help but say it, it is interesting how all of those people who had something to say about me last summer and all the people and the critics online, they're pretty quiet these days. He's just putting up unbelievable production, Linda. Yeah, he is. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, to his point, why we are all quiet we're waiting for him to do this in the playoffs. I love how you just okay? turned to right there. <laughs> Who are these random critics? Linda's like, it's me. Yeah, uh, I love him. He's got talent. We know this. He's displaying it now in the regular season when his teammates need him most. And he's been carrying the club. You're right. But until I see him doing this in the postseason and being there, even if he doesn't put up points, just be on the ice for you. Be there. Don't get suspended. Did he talk to you about that at all? Did, he, yeah. did, did that come up about how he has learned? Because it's been a multiple times, Emily. It's not just a one-hit wonder for him. Of course. And, you know, that's the thing, though, is, like, he does perform in the playoffs when he's available, but he just <laughs> hasn't been available. And yeah. Suspensions. And you're right. You know, you can say all this in the regular season, but come prove it to me and be available and help this team get out of the second round because that's their big goal right now. And back to Kale McCarr and that beautiful goal and his reaction. It reminded me of early in the season when Connor McDavid went through four Rangers and Georgiev, the goaltender, and we saw a reaction that we had not seen from Connor McDavid, if you remember. I mean, it yeah. was, you know, like I've never seen him that excited. Of course, he plays for the Edmonton Oilers, and of course, there hasn't been a lot of reasons to be excited, uh, especially in big spots, but no, but seriously. And that's when you brought that up with the reaction by Kale McCarr. And, you know, I don't want to hear people. I get it. You know, the same people that said, uh, you know, we're ripping, you know, they always, people always find fault with something spectacular. Remember when they were ripping Trevor Zegras and Sonny Milano and the Michigan goalie family? 
a little thing yep. there. And even with the McDavid goal, you know, people are like, well, you know, uh, you know, there's always something. Well, the people with the Kale McCart goal, well, he did that against a forward. It wasn't a defenseman. We did it against Kirby Doc, where he fooled them, you know. I mean, I mean, come on. But, you know, hey, listen, people I'll get offended at the word hello these days. Like, yeah. Appreciate beauty sometimes. Appreciate the game. Yes, appreciate the game. They don't love the positive. Um, I was positive before this season began that Kale McCarr would win the Norris. Um, I just felt uh, he was going in the right direction. He was maturing in the right direction. And, and you know, it's his to lose right now. I know Roman Yossi is a, is a serious contender. I get that. There is no question that those two might go head to head down the stretch for the Norris trophy. But I just think Kale McCarr, I forget how young he is for goodness sake, but he has become a leader. And I think the stability with Jared Bednar being there and signing a long-term deal, right? And giving Kale McCarr that leash and Kale McCarr really learning under Bednar and his coaching staff that he has been allowed to become a leader. And look at all those guys on that roster who are leaders. Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, you could say Nazem Kadri when he's there. Eric Johnson's a leader. Right. Devon Taves yep, is a big a reason why Kale McCarr is having the season that he's having this year. Do you, do you realize what Taves, the numbers he's putting up for Colorado? Um, but it's but that flashy goal, Emily, that will be the difference if it is indeed if he gets the Norris Trophy this year. I love the point that you made about the stability of Jared Bednar. I haven't really thought about that. And, you know, Edmonton, there's so much noise right now. What are they going to do? Dave Tippett, like, do they fire him? Right. We talked about it last week. We talked about it. Yeah. And the issue there is the goaltending. We know it's the goaltending and the defensive structure in front of him. And in Edmonton, some of the conversations I hear they've been having is, well, we can't just keep firing people as the solution. Like, we need to figure out a way to make it work with the people that we have. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not so sure they're going to make a change. I don't know what Ken Holland's going to do, but I think there is something to be said about Jared Bednar. And people are wondering like, why do you give him extension now this early in the season before he does this in the playoffs? And like, it's all about the confidence he gives the team, the continuity. And the thing about Kale, it's been such a stop and start go season for him. He's had a couple minor injuries and COVID and this, and every time he comes back into the lineup, it is like, he doesn't miss a beat. And it's because of his mental preparation, Linda. He's really big on the mental side of the game. I tweeted it out. When he was in college, I felt so much shame when his agent texted me this. I was like, wow, I feel like an idiot. He averaged a book a week outside of his regular course. Oh. He's just looking for information. So many of them are psychology we're, and, books. And we're talking, we're talking reading, not uh, audible.com, oh, no. right? Okay. He brings a book on every road trip. He's a big, voracious reader. And I just love that about, he just has that it factor. I, I can't explain it. Um, and to him though, I'll always be Slurpee girl because I asked him that silly question at player media tour. What's one thing you splurged on? He said a Slurpee and it went viral. And so we always have a laugh about that. And he's a great sport about it. Yeah, no. So, um, and speaking of Colorado, I was thinking about the landing spot. I, you know, I had said earlier, I think you were on board as well. Uh, a few months back, and when we saw it all go spiral downward for Chicago, and we realized my preseason pick, I don't make always great preseason picks, okay? I thought Chicago was going to make the postseason before the season started. I was all in on Seth Jones and Marc-Andre Fleury and all these great additions and, you know, Taves coming back and all. Boy, I was, uh, that was bad, but I was not alone. Let me just pivot. All right. Seth Jones, Terrible start to the season. Did not look like a guy that deserved that contract. Individually, 
I think he's picked up his play a lot and he's gotten more comfortable in the city and the expectations. So I want to give him some individual credit there. Okay. And we, we like him friends of yes. the program. Uh, so, uh, you know, but, uh, so when I think about Marc-Andre Fleury and, and so he will, he did not come to Chicago to just play regular season games. So now that there'll only be regular season games for Chicago, there are multiple teams out there that could use a Marc-Andre Fleury in the playoffs. The question is, does he, A, want to move his family, okay, because we know what, he's number one, a family man. And even if they stay in Chicago, because they all moved with him to Chicago, of course. So even if they want to- They're living in Brooks' old house. Yes, see, there you go. So even if they stay in Chicago, um, I'd like to see and tap into, and I know he won't say anything and nor will his agent, but I love- the avalanche as a landing spot. I'll tell you why. No offense to Darcy Kemper. I know he was pulled in the game Saturday night, the big comeback win over Toronto, which was absolutely amazing of the avalanche. Pavel Frantzos came in, did what he had to do, and he deserved that victory. But Darcy Kemper has a history of getting hurt. Let me repeat that. Darcy Kemper has a history of getting hurt. So I don't care if he's playing great now. I don't know. I have no guarantees. Nobody has guarantees, but I know when he has a history of getting hurt, the Avalanche cannot afford that. The Avalanche are in position to win a Stanley Cup. For Marc-Andre Fleury, that would be a great landing spot, and that would give him the best chance to win a Stanley Cup. Another one. I think it's so interesting that you mentioned Colorado because they're a team I keep hearing murmurs about are going to be really active. And Look, they've been big game hunting for the last couple of years under Joe Sackett. You always see they were in on Jack Eichel lurking around. They're in on all of these big guys. Jack Eichel at one point thought he was going to be a Colorado Avalanche player. Um, but I do get the sense, again, the goal is to get past the second round. The goal is to win a Stanley Cup. They're going to add help. So I like your theory there. Another team I keep hearing about, the Carolina Hurricanes. I think there's smoke there. I know that Don Waddell said he's happy with his forward group, but defense. They can always use some defensemen and um, guys that are going to get moved. Linda, I think San Jose is a tricky one. Um, yeah. That's what I want to talk to you about. As a matter of fact, yeah. Timo okay. Meyer. Yeah. What, what's the latest with Timo Meyer? Because this, you know, Thomas, actually Thomas hurdle. Let's go there. You know, either one of those two, I think teams would love to have them. I agree. Um, you know, Doug Wilson is away from the team right now. Um, it's kind of mysterious. I haven't really gotten much clarity of what he's going through. Don't really know who's calling the shots, but I do think that they are going to um, unload some contracts, especially guys that are pending UFAs. And I think those two guys should be on everyone's list who's looking for scoring help. And the other guy that's just now suddenly it's become very clear he's available is John Klingberg in Dallas. And I would expect him to be on the move. He's not been happy with the way the negotiations have been going. We see all the defensemen getting paid all across the league, including Miro Hiskinen on his same team. Um, he might not get paid by them. So he might as well say, hey, let's get a fresh start. I'd like to see him in a different uniform. And Dallas is one of those teams I never know what to do with. Sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe they are good. And then sometimes I watch them like this team sucks. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, they don't seem to have enough uh, of anything. And again, that was a tough, tough loss. Rick Bonus uh, swinging a stick against the, you know, I don't blame him when losing St. Louis gets two power plays in the last minute and they end up winning. Uh, you know, so much for the one nothing shutout for Braden Holtby. It was a 2-1 loss. Uh, the officiating left a lot to be desired in the mind of Rick Bonus and the Dallas Stars. And there's too, there's too little room for error for that kind of team, for the Dallas Stars, right? You know, you may, they just don't have enough firepower uh, uh, for sure. Um, 
We were talking about the San Jose Sharks. A lot has gone down in the last few days. Uh, the termination, as we expected, uh, of his contract. As uh, we so, expected, though, Linda. Right. How often do you see an NHL team terminate a contract? It's very difficult to do. They somehow did it. Um, they haven't wanted him on the team for months or connected to the team. He did what he was asked to do. He played for the AHL team, scored a bunch, you know, kept his head down, stayed out of trouble, did his thing. But that's on the ice. We know what Evander Kane can do on the ice. And man, there'd be plenty of teams that would love his firepower on the ice. You know, I was asked this morning when I did my radio spot on uh, Sirius XM NHL Network Radio, if I was a GM of an NHL team, would I even consider, you know, once all the legal ease and all and the NHL decides, okay, Evander Kane, you know, right. Why don't you know, pause and just go through what happened. We all know he was not welcome back to the big club, the roster, the team didn't want him there. They needed a fresh start. So they're trying to trade him while he's in the AHL. They're looking for teams to trade him while he's there. He gets COVID. He tests positive. And about a week after he tests positive, he goes, flies home to Vancouver, which you can't do. You can't travel. That's against the league. He's making poor decisions. Making poor decisions. I've been told there's other violations they'll probably cite. So the team said that, hey, look, let's just wipe our hands. $22.8 million we owe him. Let's just void this. Let's get rid of him. Now, NHL needs the money. Not so fast. We are going to file a grievance on his behalf. We'll see where that process goes, like you said, with the legalese. But now it's interesting because he is a UFA and he can talk to any team. And I do think there are teams that are interested and talking because there's already teams that were talking to the Sharks about trading for him. Well, that's good. That's I'm glad you updated everything. But that's when I was asked if I was a GM, would I have him in? Would I chat with him? Of course I would. I would vet him out. Um, and even if uh, he passed every test and checked every box in the interview I had as a GM of an NHL team, I would need to have a meeting with my leadership group of my existing players on that team to say, do you want this guy in the dressing room? Can you mesh with this guy on the ice, even if he keeps his nose clean? Or do you want nothing to do with this guy? And until I get that okay from a strong leadership group, then I'm not making a move to bring him in. I'm so with you. And, you know, his agent even admitted it to me, Dan Milstein, when we talked initially um, about the trade market for Vander Kane. And he said, it's going to take a strong locker room to allow him in. And, you know, a yeah. strong leadership locker room. Sorry, you're getting the natural sounds of Chicago, Illinois in my background here. Yes, I hear about you in the news every day. But it's true. And, you know, a team that I don't think is in on him this year just because of where they're at in the standings right now. But like the Islanders, I think of a team like that, they could handle it. Evander Kane, right? Like that is a strong identity of that locker room. Um, I'm curious what other guys in the league think, because the truth is Evander has burned every bridge he's ever walked on. It's just a pattern now. It's a fluid story. It's a developing story. And we'll be all over that as that continues. But the one thing I know about Evander Kane Knew it before, knew it when I sat down and chatted with him months ago. He loves hockey and he just wants to play hockey. And oh, by the way, he needs the money. He needs the money to play hockey. And I think he'd be willing to do it, even if he has no other choices uh, at a bargain price. No more of these $22.5 million contracts. It's true. And yeah, with when he signs a deal, and I feel like it is inevitable because look, how many times does Otan- Antonio Brown get another chance? Talent trumps all. Um, it's going to be for, you know, a veteran minimum, a $1 million prorated, something like that. Um, 
heck, maybe it's even in Russia if it's not in the NHL. I do think he'll have another shot in the NHL. I do. Um, it's just the sense I get. As do I. Linda, it's January 10th. We're under a month away from All-Star in Vegas. Are you starting to get excited? I am excited. And I don't want to hear from people saying, oh, Linda, do you think we're really going to have it? Duh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Enough already. We are moving in the right direction. I hate the naysayers. They seem to just get off on like, oh, doom and gloom. This game is in Las Vegas. And so I, I don't see anything holding up this game. And I'll tell you why. It's a big moneymaker for the National Hockey League. And I think it always begins and ends there. And it would have to take, I don't know what, for this thing to be canceled. So we're pumped up. We're excited. February 4th and 5th, 4th skills competition, 5th the actual game in Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. And big announcement this coming Thursday on SportsCenter at 6 p.m. Eastern, the rosters for each team will be announced. Um, plus, let me read it. Let me get the full thing. The full All-Star Game rosters and candidates for that last man in vote uh, will be announced during the 6 p.m. airing of SportsCenter. That's Eastern Time this coming Thursday. That's going to be great. That's going to be fun. I'm sure, Emily, you'll be asked to be a part of that. I would think you would. I am. I'm going to be the reporter for the skills competition and at the all-star game. So I'm really excited for that. I thought I'm talking about being on sports center, but no, of course you're going to be, I know you're sure. going to be in Vegas for goodness <laughs> sake. What? No, we're going to leave Emily Kaplan home because uh, she hasn't done enough for the network. Uh, no, we know Emily, you're going to be there. Uh, okay. You're going to be there and the podcast is going to be there. And I am going to be there. I'll be hosting. Uh, I'm told I'll be hosting as a host. So that means to me, sounds like I'll be hosting on TV, on tablets um, during the, definitely during the game and the skills, but we'll see how it goes. But I do, it said, Linda, host. So that, that's what it sounds like to me. And plus, yeah. Can I put you on the spot right now? Yes. If you had to pick the four captains, who would they be? Ooh, the four. Oh, that's wow. I didn't even know. give it any thought. Okay, let's start. Pacific, I think you got to go Connor, right? Or Leon? Yeah, because of what they're putting up, the numbers they're putting up. Yeah, uh, because that's just exciting. And um, and I think, you know who else we got to do? Oh, wow. I'll say, I don't know. I got. I might have to get, but what are you thinking? Are you thinking Atlantis, Skog? Ooh, you know, I love, I, I would pick Kadri. He's, he's having the season. Probably. So it doesn't have to be a captain? No. To be it, a captain? No, you don't have to be a captain to be a captain. But in the Metro division, I'd pick a captain. I'd pick Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, that you have to do that. Because I was going to say, if you're going to go non-captain in the Metro, I'd go Artemi Panarin. That's another good choice. The Atlantic division is kind of hard. Yeah. I might pick Jonathan Huberdrow. I think he's one having the most. He's having a great year. But what about Freddie Anderson? Can a goalie be a captain? Uh, I'm always a yes voter for goalies doing. Oh, anything. he's in the Metro. Yeah. So forget that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you, if you, if you're talking about his old team, make Jack Campbell, if you want, if you make Jack Campbell a captain, if you want, but he doesn't care. Be ca goalies don't care about being captains. They don't care. I, except Roberto Luongo once upon a time was a captain. He's no longer in the league, of course, but I like your Jonathan Huberdo idea. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, he would be great. He's fun. Campos is having a good season. If we're talking yeah. captains. Yeah, if we're doing camp. So anyway, there's a lot of candidates, whatever. But I'm just excited that we're going to have the big announcement on the 6 p.m. Eastern edition of Sports Center this Thursday. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot on it on this Thursday's edition of The Point. Um, and so they'll be and talking, happy. pointing that up. Captain. Sorry, it's tough. How are people going to choose? Yeah. It's a nice problem, Emily. It's a nice yeah. problem. 
I'll just be enjoying and letting the other people make these tough decisions and getting ready to pack my bags. But I'll have a couple of games before Vegas. I got one in Seattle at the end of the month. But anyway, we'll see if that happens. Last time I had a game in Seattle, it never happened. You know why? Because the Islanders decided not to take a trip. But we won't kill the Islanders. The Islanders that. didn't choose. No, it wasn't them. Canada it wasn't. It was Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it was Canada. You know, there's, and, and by the way, I'm surprised. I expect, um, getting on a serious note here, I expect, and I thought it was going to happen by next, last week. I thought we were going to find out by now which games, how they were going to reschedule games in February. We're only a few weeks away from February. It's already the 10th as we speak. Um, I thought a lot of these games that have to be made up would be set in stone in February. We have yet to hear any kind of announcement of that, Emily. It's tough. It's tough right now. I mean, like we don't know our February schedules because the games don't exist yet. And I think teams are frustrated, even like the officials I've heard, typically they get their games six weeks in advance. And because they've had so many COVID issues, they don't even know where they're at two weeks in advance. It's hard. It's hard with that uncertainty. And I know the players are feeling it. And I feel like I'm always begging this drum, but just like have a little forgiveness to people, be a little kinder. Like these times are tough and you know, you just can't plan for anything anymore. Yeah, I was going to leave it there, but then I have to tell you, by the way, tonight, guess where I'm going? I'm seeing our beloved Rangers against the Kings at the Crypt. At the Crypt? Yes, I am. At the Crypt. I know I'm going with my daughter and her boyfriend, so I'm really pumped up. Artemi Panarin out of COVID protocol. He will be there. So that is fabulous. So I'm really psyched. It's going to be a good game. Kings are playing well as we speak. They're in playoff position. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I covered a game earlier this year. Really like what they bring. I love Ante Kopitar. I love what's going on in goal for them. You know, the re- uh, rebirth of Jonathan Quick. Um, yeah, a lot of good things happening there. Can I, um, can I tell you my Kings prediction? They just made a hire today as we are. Yes, reporting. Mark Bergevin. Mark Bergevin has come. It's been long rumored. He's buddies with Luke Robitaille. You know, maybe this is just kind of the soft landing spot for him before he figures out what's next. But with all the relationships he has with Montreal, I think they bring in a Canadians player. I think that he's going to help them trade for one of the guys that he knows who I don't know yet. Um, well, remember I, in the off season, I got Philip Deneau. I know. So, I mean, there's already has happened. That connection. Wheels are in motion. So yeah, you're right. There are some, uh, Midas Ben Sherat, maybe guy like that. I like that. Like a Gallagher or not price price has to play for us. I reported that on the point, by the way, that like there's a lot of teams interested in price. They've just got to see him play first. And he's really on no timetable because he's still working back from that knee surgery. He never really got to rehab that when he went to rehab. Um, so that's something that's interesting to monitor. And then the thing with the Kings, they built such a strong prospect system. They've got capita to deal. And, you know, you look at someone like Alex Turcotte and maybe there's just not a spot for him. He's a fourth. Yeah. Like maybe that's a guy that goes the other way. So we shall see. Yeah. Anyway, tonight will be fun. I'm jealous. I love going to games as fans. I, I like way. It is. It really is. Plus, you can have a beverage. Or two. <laughs> okay. Before we let you go, we want you all to go please check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears. He's Swagoo. And NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins. Perk! With new episodes every Tuesday morning, Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't-miss conversations, and welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.